Love Talk Radio. When I would do good, evil is always present with me. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will free me from this body of death? Thanks be to God and Christ Jesus. I'm ready for the fight of my life. Start the record. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, we have a powerful, powerful woman on the show with us tonight. Yes, sir. If you have a pen and a pad, get ready. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can say. That's all I can say. That's all I'm going to say, Brian, until you bring her in. I'm excited. We are truly, truly blessed to have this special, special guest. I'm saying she's special because she is. And, Brian, you know what? She was chosen to do everything that she's doing, and I know our Father is so pleased. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I I can't say that I disagree with that one. You know, Greg, (laughs) uh, like we've been doing for uh, quite a while now on the show, we've been trying to have people remember what happened in Haiti. You know, but tonight, before we introduce our guest, I just want to say that, you know, I kind of feel bad for the folks that have listened to the show for the past couple of months and have been donating and donating and donating to the efforts and the relief efforts going on in Haiti because I read in the newspaper that there's over a billion and a half dollars that has not gone to the efforts in Haiti that's caught up in U.S. red tape. And, you know, that made me sick to my stomach. (laughs) You know, and so I still want people to put prayers out there for the people of Haiti. I still want you to remember them in your thoughts, in your prayers, and in your finances. But be very careful of where you place your finances to help those relief efforts because Apparently, there are some agencies, and I don't, I'm not going to name them, but there are some agencies that think that it's just uh, you know, part of the political process to withhold the funds that could be helping this starving nation. Yes, yes. You know, I agree. But, I agree. You know, okay, I'm off my soapbox for the night, but I want to uh, talk about our guest real briefly before I bring her on. You know, she's an extraordinary and talented writer who brings creativity and a new sense of hope and restoration through the healing power of God to the kingdom by way of Christian fiction. She uses real-life, everyday issues to exhort, motivate, and give comfort to the people of God. And I want to introduce her and say welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour, best-selling author and our special guest, Ms. Wanda B. Campbell. Thank you. Hi, Wanda. Thank you so much. This is Greg. Thank you so much for... Blessing us with your time tonight. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I was We were going all over your website all last week and all this week, and we've been reading all about you, and I tell you what, <laughs> we're just so excited to have you on here. We are truly blessed, and our listeners are blessed. Facebook, uh, everybody on Facebook, you know, they're listening right now. I received a lot of emails, and and people are just impressed with what you're doing. 
And what I wanted to, my first question to you is, and I, and I, and I was talking to this young lady, and she was like, well, Wanda's doing all this stuff. I said, well, you know what, we don't know what got Wanda to this place. We don't know the ugly part, the dark side that she had, those lonely nights and those days of, of trying to come out of her hole and, and digging through that and being able to write. We see the glitter and the glitz of it all right now. But, Wanda, what was it like before you um, started writing your books and the things that you had to go to to get you to this point? What was that like? It's interesting you would ask that because um, right before I started writing in December of 2005, I went through what I call my year of hell, and it was the most traumatic year of my life and a year that I probably could have, if I had a tipped to the left a little bit, I would have ruined my life. But um, God was so gracious. And after I got out of that situation in the beginning of December, I picked up a pen and started writing in the middle of December and have been going ever since. So it was definitely birthed out of a wilderness experience. Mm. That storm. <laughs> we were talking about that just the other day. That storm, that storm will come, and it and it came for you. And the, the, I think the the most important part of all of that is even when you're in the midst of your storm, you did something. You didn't stop. You did something. You didn't just close your curtains and stay in your room. You didn't do that. Even in the middle of all of that, when you probably probably was your worst year of your life, the toughest time of your life, you still did. Something and I and I just want to know where did you find the strength and energy to do that? Uh, you know, I, I didn't know I had it. <laughs> it just happened. It just evolved um, after I stopped fighting the situation and just turned it over. It, it just began to flow. And I, I never, if you had to ask me in 2005, would I be a writer or did I desire to write? I would have said no. I didn't know all of that was in there. Um, but after that, it just began to flow. Just I just had to let go. I, I was going to ask you, what was your inspiration for writing? And without you giving us too much details about your traumatic experience in that time, but just give us some insight of what made you write. Was it for therapy? Was it just to have something to do? Tell us. Uh, it, it was for therapy. It was very cathartic for me. And... Um, Actually, it was at sometimes it was my way to escape reality, and um, for, for years I had these voices in my head. I'm perfectly sane, but I had voices in my head, and I didn't know what those voices were for. But it was stories in my head, and so it was therapeutic. It was a relief. It was it was like this burden that lifted. I thought, this is what this is for. But so, um, but be, in the beginning, I think some of it was to escape my reality. Hmm. Let me ask wow. you this. It, yeah, go, go ahead, Brian. I know you probably have another question. No, I was just thinking, you know, because many people that we've interviewed in the past would say, you know what, I always wanted to write, I always loved writing. And you were like one of the few people who, you know, it, it was sort of your your life now was born out of a struggle. Yeah, it, it was. It really was. I, I, I've always been an avid reader, but I was never, you know, had this desire, oh, I need to write books, I want to write. I never did that. I read all the time, but I never thought 
I would be writing. It was just strictly out of this wilderness experience. Hmm. You know, I, and, and I'm going back to that storm. When you were going through that storm, I got we got to talk about that. A lot of people are going through that right now. And you're such a big example, and we thank you so much for being transparent. But when you, if, if let's just say if the times were good, instead of going through that storm, do you think you would have picked up the pen and started writing? If you were having oh. a good time and nothing was going on, you didn't have any, uh, you, at, at the time you weren't going through the storm, and things were just lovely and you were just on your merry way, do you think at that time, do you think you would have picked up a pen? I don't think so. Um, I I think that it, it's only through our storms that we really learn out two things, who we are and who God is. And um, if I had not have had to lean and depend so much on him, I wouldn't have done it. I mean, I remember before all that happened, I wasn't thinking about uh, so much of considering what my purpose was and what God wanted me to do. That wasn't on my mind. It was good times. But it was in the storm that I had to step back and realize that I'm not in control of my own life. And it was a hard thing to do because I've been a Christian forever. I'm a minister, and, you know, I'm telling other people. But everybody has that awakening when they find out who they really are and if what they're really saying is who they really are. And that that's what happened for me. Mm. So what you're saying is that sometimes there's a blessing in the middle of that storm and that pain. I think it's always a blessing. It's definitely a lesson. So, But uh, there's purpose in it. <laughs> I like that. And it's Definitely a lesson. Yeah, it's funny because you know what? When a person is going through and they're in that storm and they're just going through, it's hard for them to understand, okay, there's a blessing in this for me. This is for my good. All you want the storm to do is stop. You want it to be over with. You, and you know, you, you start to complain sometimes and you just like, oh, Lord, when will this end? It's just something hit after hit after hit. How much more can I take? And like you said, you didn't know how much you could take until it happened. And it's just a beautiful thing to know that you were able to pull through this and not lean on you. That's what I like because you said that you leaned on him. You had to lean on him because you didn't have anything else to lean on. And especially when you put yourself in the storm, because now my storm wasn't always to be thought of other people. Now, some of that stuff I did to myself. And so <laughs> I had to, as they say, suffer well <laughs> and really, um, but it, it was part of breaking me down so I could let go of, you know, try to control everything. So, But it, it was, as I look back, it was my year hell, but it was really all for my good. You know, I, I like the fact, Greg, and, you know, we say this a lot, but it's, it's held true every time. We love people who are transparent and just straight up honest. And the fact that you said that, you know, a lot of the stuff I did to myself, you know, not many people are willing to admit to that. You know, and, you know, I, I like the fact that you're very open and you're honest, you know, with the listeners, not just with us because we're interviewing you, but with the listeners, with the people out there that really need to hear that. You know, they need to hear that they have to be open and honest with themselves, you know, they they need to hear that, you know. But yeah. my, my question is, what made you pick up the pen and pad? I mean, I understand that you, you did it for therapeutic reasons, but why writing? Hmm. 
I really don't know. <laughs> I I really I remember reading a book saying, you know what, I can do this. Let me just try this. And so I just started writing this story that has been in my head with these voices forever, and I really had no intentions of publishing it. And I would write a chapter, and I would let a friend read it, and she's like, oh, this is good. So I kept writing, and I would finish it, and I just let a couple of friends read it. And uh, I remember sitting in a service one day, and I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this guy? And I said, okay, now, if it was just for my friends, I'm okay with that. But if it's supposed to go further, let me know. And that very day, without a doubt, he let me know to go on this journey. And it's just been going ever since. Hmm. Yeah. Therapeutic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people say that. A lot of people, they do say that, you know, my writing, when I started writing, it was this, it was that, and it helped me. And, and, I, and I think you being transparent and saying the things that you're saying tonight, is is really uh, therapeutic for a lot of our listeners because a lot of women and men, but a lot of the women, we're talking about women right now, a lot of the women, they need to hear this from you. They need to know that, you know, where I am, she was there, mm-hmm. and I can write this book. We all have a book to write. We all have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And we're just glad that you uh, chose to uh, share that with Brian and I and all of our listeners tonight. Well, again, we we just, we're excited. We're really excited. I know you can tell from from our conversations, but we are really excited. And what we want to do, uh, our, our goal is to just let people know how real we are on this show. We don't script anything. We don't send you questions. And nothing. We don't do any of that. We just let the Lord lead us and take us where we need to go. Okay. But when you, when you finally wrote your book, when uh-huh. you finally wrote when you finally wrote your book, what did it feel like when you got that final that final thing saying it's done, it's ready to sell, it's ready for the world to to read? How did that feel? You know, it was awesome, and um, and, and as I look at how things have evolved, I'm still in awe. And uh, first of all, I don't count myself worthy enough to be doing what I'm doing. Um, I just, it's just, I'm I'm awed that I'm in the circles that I'm in. And I looked at this book and I'm like, wow, I I don't don't have a degree per se. I don't, you know, how did I do this? How did this happen? And then when I hear, when I get responses from readers, how they're being blessed and delivered, I'm just in awe. And I know it's not me, but I, I, I feel totally inadequate, to be honest. I really do. But it's it's just an awesome feeling. Awesome, and we're just glad you chose us to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> talk about this book. Yeah, you're really, yeah. I, I I'm like, what am I doing here? I have I, I consider myself to be a novice, believe it or not. Um, I'm with people who have been writing for years, and yet in a short period of time, God has put me, you know, really out there, and books are coming every year. And I'm, I'm just like I'm odd because I know it's not me. Uh, if you ask me, I say I don't even know what I'm doing, but I just know it's God. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> you know, now you know we've been on your website, and I'm going to give it, uh, the listeners your website. It is if I could just pull it back up here. All these technical difficulties, Greg. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to give them the website in just a minute, but 
one of the uh, topics on your website that caught my attention was at the beginning because it kept rolling and scrolling back through, and it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us why did you have that on your website, and what does that particular verse is? Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know Greg uh-huh. knows that, but why is that verse important to you? Okay, well, you know, um, I have to go back to my beginning, and over the years, um, that verse really is what kept me sane on some days. Um, first of all, let me say, I'm the product of an extramarital affair, and I never mm-hmm. knew my biological father, and my mother never wanted kids, and so I, my surroundings in my home was very dysfunctional. So I grew up with low self-esteem. I was promiscuous early, looking for love, and doing a lot of crazy things. So even after I was grown and, and became married and accepted Christ, I still had those issues that were buried and unresolved, and so a lot of times I suffered with depression, wondering who I am, why am I here, what was wrong with me, because my parents didn't want me and all this crazy stuff. And that scripture is what really kept me going, knowing that, no, God created me for a purpose. And he knew exactly what he was doing, and he knew exactly how I would get here. And that, that really that's one of my favorite scriptures, but that, that, is, that keeps me sane. <laughs> Keeps me going. And the web, thank you. And the website is WandaBCampbell. dot net. Mm-hmm. And I, I admonish all of the listeners to go there, listen to some of the stuff that's going on in there, or read it actually. <laughs> <laughs> and if I could pull my, if I can get this website to pull up, she's got a blog and she's also got a, a list of events. You know, things that she's got going on. You know, if you, you're you not busy, go and check her out. Yes, please do. Please do. But I want to ask a question also. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Greg, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I, I was going to ask for something, but go ahead. No, I was going to ask about um, the first Sunday in October. <laughs> uh, the very, okay, my first novel, Okay. <laughs> You still with us? Uh-huh, yeah, I was waiting for your okay. question. <laughs> oh, no, that's what I wanted to ask. I want to ask about the first Sunday in October. Tell us about it. Okay, well, actually, that's the story that was in my head for all those years. And uh, that's actually a romance. It's a Christian romance, basically. And it's a story of a pastor and a wealthy young lady. They're Basically, they're in their midlife, 40 years old, and realize they've devoted themselves to church and to work, but have... They're lonely now, and they convince themselves that they don't need a, a mate, um, and they just happen to each other into each other's lives, and it's really their romance. And it's a good example of correct Christian dating. Uh, they do not fornicate. Um, they set boundaries and all those things, and they both have issues that they need to work through from the past before they can get together. Mm. Nice, nice. Recommended reading for all single Christians. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. All right. I, I, I tell you what, 
this this new book that you have out, the book that you have out, right? Well, all your books are out, but the one that you, the, your latest book. Mhm. It just came out two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you get the idea to write that? I know it came from God, but. Uh, well, actually, Right Package, Wrong Baggage is um, the sequel to my first uh, published work, which was Mommy's Present. And the premise of Mommy's Present was. Um, a little boy who was looking for his mother a Christmas present would happens to be a husband. So right package, wrong baggage picks up after they're together and it covers their courtship. And um, what I really wanted to show in this book was how us as Christians sometimes have prejudice towards others mm-hmm. and um, how, you know, we have this big sin, little sin, and um, I'm sinning, and you used to sin, but my sin is not as big as your sin. And um, how we keep Christians in a box and how we can't forgive or how we hold the past of people over each other's heads. Mm-hmm. And um, so that that was the main premises of why I wrote that book. And uh, this is it's a great story. It's actually my favorite right now. Um, they noted they're each other's soulmates. And because the man has integrity, he's a great, great character. And because he has integrity, he shares his past with this young lady, and uh, she can't handle it. And she judges him, and she overlooks her own issues, but she focuses on his. And so that's that's what right package, wrong baggage is about. He's the right package, but he got the wrong baggage for her. Oh, wow. How often does that happen? Man, I'll tell you, I I like that. I like that because yeah, that's a beautiful topic. That's a wonderful topic for a topic for a book. And this is after he, you know, they've seek God and it's oh yeah, you're the one. And but you know, I just can't deal with that because of what I heard and you know what I seen. And everybody's in the church, but everybody has a judgment. So you know, and and. It's funny you say that because, you know, that is so apparent and so true in, you know, even in the body of Christ, you know, sad to say, that you have so many people that, you know, when they feel, I mean, they're in love, they feel like they can share anything with this person because they believe that this person is the one for them. Mm -hmm. And then when they share something that is maybe one of their most intimate secrets, it backfires. Because mm-hmm. maybe that other person isn't spiritually ready to accept that situation or, or that past, you know, transgression or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. it's sad because, you know, in a perfect world, you want that person to be that free and open and transparent to you and with you, mm-hmm. you know. But you have to be ready for that. And, you know, many of us, we don't prepare ourselves when we say we love someone, we don't prepare ourselves to hear just anything, mm-hmm. you know. We we make it based on conditional. It's that conditional love that hinders yeah, exactly. relationships mm-hmm. versus the unconditional where it doesn't matter what you say or what you've done in your past, I still accept you and love you for who you are right now. Yeah, yeah. And that that's what's missing, and that's what I really wanted to bring out in this book is that, you know, we are commissioned to love. We're not commissioned to judge. And if God can forgive, why can't we? And um, and I, I really look at how 
the saints handle issues because that's really where the problem is. The world accepts a lot of things. It's the church they can't let go. Yeah. Now, 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 since you brought that up, you know what? <laughs> I knew it was going to go there. <laughs> no, don't go. Don't you go there. <laughs> All right. I won't go there, but I have to. Now, now, I know, I know, I know. Now, listen, you don't have to answer the question, but just acknowledge that he asked the question. Yeah, I, I think you're going to like my question, though. I think you're going to like my question. Everybody okay. knows what's going on in Atlanta mm-hmm. with Bishop Eddie Long. Mm-hmm. For the people out there that's on the fence, that that's in the church, and for people that are around the world that are looking at this situation, mm-hmm. and they're starting to turn their back on the church because of what they're hearing. It's an ugly thing. We don't know if he did it or not. But it's very, very damaging for the, to the ones that are on the fence, to the ones that are on the verge of giving their life to Christ. And now that they hear about this, they pull back. Oh, I, you know, I don't know why I was going to church anyway. These people are doing what they're doing. What, what, is, what would you say to them? You know, it's, it's really the timing of this is just so awesome to me because I wrote this story four years ago. And as I was reading the headline, the stories. It was like reading my book, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is interesting. But I think people, I think we just have to be careful. Um, The baby Christians as well as the seasoned ones, we have to look at why are we going to church in the first place and who are we serving. Okay, um, this issue is no different than stuff that's been going on in the church for years, we didn't had a whole bunch of negative fornication, same sex, all kind of stuff been going on for years. But because of the level that he's on, it's a big deal. Now I don't know what the truth is; only God knows. And the individuals, and I pray that it comes out. But I think the church better be careful, and the Christians better mm-hmm. be careful how they jump on the bandwagon and how they slander, because there are innocent victims in this. There are people who, like you say, were thinking about giving their life to Christ. Those are the ones that are going to be affected, that are going to be wounded. They may never get back. Um, And this is where we need to show what is Christianity. Christianity is about love, restoration, and forgiveness. So worst-case scenario, if he did do it, where is the Christianity? Where is the love? Where is the restoration in it? So... But I think people need to realize why am I serving men or am I serving God? And you're going to find flaws with men every time. Absolutely. And if we look in the mirror, like I point out in my book, even whatever somebody is doing, if we look in our own lives, we doing something wrong too. Mm. May not be to that extreme, but we not always right too. And we're doing there's some things that we doing that's just not out. <laughs> Tell the truth. You know, let's not talk about lying on your taxes and doing this and that, cheating time. And you doing something too? And I look at sin and sin. You know, big and no little. That's right. That's right. It all keep you out. So that is not my place to judge. It's not my place to condemn. It's my place to love and to pray for the body. And I I look at this as a major attack against the body, not so much just the bishop, but the body. 
And it's really sad because his ministry blesses men. And what are what is the church lacking today? Strong men. men. And now, I mean, and I, I want to add my little one and a half cents to this. You know, but I, I, I think now the real issue is that where does the body of Christ go from here? Because, you know, I agree with you. I think this is not just an attack on, or it, this is not just something that happened to the bishop. This is something that has happened to the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And how do we respond to the the, this, you know, it may be a physical attack on him, but this is a spiritual attack, in my opinion, on the body of Christ. How do we respond? How do we keep people who, like Greg said, may be on the fence, interested in giving their life to Christ? You know, because it's already tough enough to get people, you know, mm-hmm. to come to Christ um, on their own volition. You know, but now when you see something like this, especially with someone who is so highly redeemed and well respected, you know, you have something that you know literally not just affects the the you know the five individuals involved and their families, but also the twenty five thousand members that are at his church and the hundreds of thousands and possibly millions of folk who you know who want to come to Christ, but now they're saying, "Man, see, look, they just like the world over there." I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that this is a, a demonic attack. Mm-hmm. And this is what Satan will do. You know, he'll use anything, anybody, anywhere, any way he can to attack and, you know, to steal, kill, and destroy us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, but, you know, but just as just like he's vigilant, we must remain vigilant and not let that particular situation even affect affect us in a negative way, any kind of way, you know, and and I tell you how, like, my pastor talked about it on Sunday, and he, he was very short and quick, he says, I'm not focused on what's going on in Atlanta, I know everybody else is, but I'm not focused on it, I'm focused on winning souls. Exactly. And that's how we must be, we, we, we literally have to shake the dust off our feet with mm-hmm. this situation and let it play out itself. Exactly. You know, and we, as the body of believers, must still remain vigilant towards, you know, perfecting ourselves in Christ Jesus and saving souls. I mean, that's that's my one and a half cents. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think we just really need to show people Christ, period. You know, don't get that's into true. the sensationalism, just show them Christ. And I think that's where people get sidetracked. People do get into personalities and... They get into individuals. But if we can, as leaders, and I'm very hard on leaders because leaders are not slow. They know when people are into them and not God. But if leaders can have the integrity and have enough security in themselves not to need that veneration and show people Christ, direct them to Christ and not to them, it will be okay. Then people will grow. People will come to Christ. And they won't fall by the wayside when the leader falls. Because they'll be getting their strength and their direction from Christ, and their hope will be in Christ. You know, Wanda, everything right, everything happens for a reason, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and I really do believe that God is going to get the glory out of this ugly situation that we are looking at yes. uh, that's going on in Atlanta with Bishop Long. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, something had to happen. 
things have been going on in the church, just like you said, for many, many years. And we can't keep sweeping this stuff under the rug. A lot of children are molested, and I'm not saying that he did this. I don't know. But a lot of children are molested in our families, in our black communities. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it, you can't talk about it. You can't talk about this in the church. You're not supposed to talk about homosexuality in the church. That's something that they will not talk about. And as a child, a lot of women and a lot of little boys, this happened to, they are left with no one helping them. The only thing that they're told is keep your mouth shut. How can a little child process something like this and grow up and be normal when uncle such and such is still walking around in the house and this person is knowing that this happened? It's time to deal with this ugly monster. It's it's time for us to look at it in the face and say, listen, you're defeated. Let's deal with it. We need to stop running from this thing. And maybe this will open open up dialogue about yeah. this in the church. Maybe this will be that door. I don't know, but I believe that the glory of God will prevail no matter what. Um, and everything does happen for a, person, a purpose, but if it does nothing more than to get the church to deal with the issue, then to God be the glory. That's right. That's, that's right. And, it's, again, it's something that people have been running from. And Brian can tell you, we interviewed so many women, and this this has happened to so many women to the point that it, it, it affects their marriage. This is something that happened to their little girls, and, and it, it has affected their adult life mm-hmm. because they never got any closure. And it seems like everybody believes the adult over the child, and now this child has to deal with that. And And, you know, Greg, it's not just... Uh, women, and that's the sad part. Mm-hmm. You know, I can recall when we've had even some men on our show that have talked about, you know, how they had so many failed marriages from, the, you know, the traumatizing uh, situations that they've gone through where somebody had sexually abused them. I mean, so, you know, we've had, you know, people that have been affected from both sides, from men, you know, and from women also, men, um, people who are still affected, mm-hmm. you know, from things that happen in their childhood, you know, not necessarily in a sexual manner, but, you know, just traumatizing situations. And, you know, to to make a kid sort of push this under the rug, it's almost like a sleeping giant where it just continues to grow and grow and grow. And then once it's big enough to break out, you know, everybody's running away from this, you know, this, this giant of a situation not realizing that there's that's just a little kid, you know that that person inside has been trying to get out and release this anger, release this pain, and you didn't allow them to, and so now it's you know turned into a monster, mm-hmm. you know, and and I truly believe that, you know, while I don't believe, I, I, I'm hoping and praying that the situation in in, uh, in Atlanta is not true, but I do believe that this is just a sleeping giant for the church. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it, like like I said, whether the, informa- the the thing that's going on is true or not, this is something that the body of Christ has to deal with. And it ha- if it had to happen on that high of a level for us to take notice, then mm-hmm. so be it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and like I said, if Bishop Long is found innocent, then he was just 
the vessel that God chose to use to bring this this ugly thing to light. You know, Brian, and I if he's found guilty, really then quick. you know, God. I, I say that then let God judge him because right, right. none of us are blameless. Mm-hmm. Right. And Brian, I wanted to ask this question really quick for the both of you. I, I, maybe I haven't seen it, but have you guys seen or heard from any other? Uh, bishops or preachers or pastors anywhere to come out and stand and, and, and make a stand or say something? Um, I, haven't. I, I haven't. I haven't. This is this isn't the time to be quiet. That that's my point. This isn't the time to be quiet. People are hurting. This is a chance. And like we were saying, and, and we don't want to make this entire show just about that. I, I, it's, it's just on my mind that this is the time that the people really need to hear from the true leaders. They need to hear from them right now. Yes. It's none of this hiding behind the walls and saying, oh, I'm not going to touch that. This is the time for you to stand out and say something. This is not about insurance money. This is not about settlements. This is about saving lives, saving people from running away from the church and, and, and not believing Anymore and just giving up But that's my two cents on that It's it's really sad that nobody else Is coming out and saying anything And you know Greg I may be wrong But I I believe that it could be Out of Retribution You know they don't want to You know there, there might be some ugly dark secrets In their church You know that they don't want to be brought to light Because you have to remember Right now this whole thing is not a criminal suit It's a civil suit So imagine if another pastor were From a you know a prominent church Were to come out and say uh, I'm going to side with, with uh, Bishop Long I believe he's true and right And then for him to have someone in his congregation Or somebody that's formerly in his ministry Falsely accuse him You see I think right now They're, they're more out of they're they're more afraid of someone coming in falsely accusing them and bringing negative light to their ministries. So they're just saying, "I'm not touching." <laughs> I'm gonna say this a week ago. To the <laughs> I'm gonna say this really, really quick. Fear did not come from Christ. That didn't come from him. <laughs> okay. That didn't come from him. That yes, don't sir. come from him now. <laughs> hey. Next time. (laughs) (laughs) But but on to the next subject. Wanda, do you ever do like um, seminars and workshops for people that are inspiring to be writers and people that want to be uh, the next Wanda B. Campbell? We know they can't be, but people that want to travel down that path to do what you're doing. Do you do anything to help others? Yes, actually, I do a lot of mentoring. Um, I also, I've done workshops, and um, I also um, do a lot of one-on-one. Um, so it, it's really interesting. Everybody wants to write a book until they find out the work, and they mm-hmm. find out the process. So um, I start out with a big group, a really excited individual, and then, you know, I let them fizzle out, see how serious they are. But I, I love, I love helping people see turn their dream into fruition. Yes, and you know the thing now too is uh, everybody's into the self-publishing. They're into. I, I mean, I don't know. 
I don't want to say do this, do that, because I really don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, what would you say, or how should they do this? Should they self-publish this? Should they contact the company? Because there's a lot of pitfalls in book writing as well as in the music industry and the entertainment industry. What What are some of the things that they need to look out for? Well, in, in regards to which direction they should take, I always look at the individual. I write for a major traditional publisher as well as I have my own publishing company. So I've seen both sides. And if it's an individual that doesn't like to follow directions and wants to control everything themselves, they need to self-publish. And um, I, I tell them to really look at, first, where do you want your product to go? Because there's a different route to take if you just want a book for your friends and family. But if you want to be on a national scale, you need to put out a better product, which means you need to put out more money. And that usually stops people right there. And um, I'm really trying to get authors to let other people look at their stuff and critique their stuff because everybody thinks they have the best product. They just want to print it up and send it out. And nine times out of ten, it's not the best product. It can be better. Um, And it's hard for individuals to want to let that process happen. So I tell them to toughen up because this is not a business for the faint. And if you go the traditional route, you really better toughen up because you're going to probably get about a thousand rejections before you get one maybe. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a rough business. But I have to see, I have to look at the individual and see where they really want to go first. Everybody want to be in the bookstore, want to be in Walmart, but they don't want to put in the effort to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so true. Absolutely. So true. Yeah. You know, our, our, uh, Call switchboard just lit up like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> hope that's a good thing. <laughs> I hope it's a good I thing because I want to go to uh, a few of our callers. I'm sure they're anxious to say something. So let's go to the caller in the 901 area code. Caller from the 901, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Uh, oh, I'm Sheila Lipsy. Can you hear me? Sheila. Hey, yeah, Sheila. she's been on the show. Hello, how's everybody? Hi, Zula. We're good. Well, I just wanted to first of all just uh, um, just say how glad I am for one that she's a, a wonderful person and a great writer, and she is so humble. So I have to thought I'd better call in to just uh, sing her <laughs> praises because the things that she's just for the time singing her praises because. She's just really being um, a modest when it comes to the type of person that she is and the kind of personality and the Christ-likeness that she shows towards people. And so I just want to commend her, and uh, I just want to commend you guys, too, because you always have a great show. But also I want to touch, uh, touch base, too, on what you're talking about. Uh, the Wonder's book, I haven't had a chance to get it yet, but wonder you know that I will. Uh, wonder, uh, the right package, wrong baggage, uh, I think too can be perfectly, um, you know, it coincides with what's happening with Bishop, uh, Eddie Long because we'll get caught up in the person and I think one is just stop that out too. We sometimes get caught up in the person in the pulpit and that person in the pulpit has flaws and shortcomings and, uh, has demonic attacks and, the, you know, all kinds of thoughts and, uh, and, they sin just like we do, and that's not to belittle what may have happened or what did happen or what did not happen. But it is because sometimes the right package 
is wrapped up in the wrong baggage from our viewpoint. But God is able to, uh, you know, take the, the ugliness and bring it to, uh, for us to see the goodness. And so I just uh, want to commend Wanda, and I pray that she has a successful uh, book and her other book that's out home again and her other books that she put out of all the great books. So kudos to you, Wanda. Thank you, Sheila. Yeah. Thank you, Sheila, for calling in. Thank you so much. Yes, really appreciate that. All right. Yeah, uh, we have another caller too, Brian, from the six one four area code, and it's just so funny. Everybody, it's just funny how you you said the timing of it is just crazy because it it does touch on that what's going on. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's touching on what's going on in Atlanta, and it's just. And around the world, your book is just coming out at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really want people to think about the things that we do and how we treat individuals. That was the main focus of this book. It's really to just get people to think, you know, am I really showing them the love of Christ? Really. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Let's go to that caller from the 614 area code. Caller, you're on live. 614. All right, maybe they're just listening in, and that's quite fine. Let's try the caller from the 786 area code. Caller, you're on live. This is Alvin C. Romer. Hey, Hi, how are you? Hello, I'm Wanda. How are you doing? I'm good, and you? I have been listening patiently. For the last 45 minutes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was hoping that you would prompt these two guys to look at the, the board, okay? <laughs> but I'm glad I'm here, and I want to commend and thank you for all of the good things that you brought to people and all of your writing experience. It has really come to fruition. Thank you. And um, I just want you to keep up what you're doing. And, you know, the publishing industry, the way it is, it's, it's topsy-turvy. But that doesn't mean that we can't have something right side up to be right. Okay. There you go. Yes, sir. So, you know, um, Brian and, 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 and your cohort, you guys are doing a great job. Um, you. you. know, I just want to commend you, too. You have, you have had great guests in the past, and I expect that to continue. Yeah, thank you. We, we pray that you it will. Is, yes, you said your name is Alvin, right? Yes, I'm Alvin C. Romer. I'm 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 ensconced in the industry myself. Okay. I'm a writer, editor, publicist, literary consultant, you name it. Okay. Um, really quick, Alvin. You know, what's your? Yes. I'm sorry, Alvin. What's what's your take on on? I know everybody's talking about Wanda's book and how it. Touches on what's going on in Atlanta. What's your What's your opinion on that? I think it's just like she said. It's apropos, and it's, it may be a coincidence, but you know things come to fruition. Things come to light for many different reasons. Perhaps this book was meant to be told in yeah. a way that the author depicted it. Okay, but the situation at hand, you, you know, everybody talks about what's going on, but. In my opinion, I think that people are in search of spirituality. 
and faith has a lot to do with that. It's not so much as the body of Christ. The body of Christ doesn't need to go anywhere. People need to come to it. And they need to have the election and the calling sure, not be judgmental, because it's not your place to judge at this point. Only God has that right. And the only jury and the only judge is going to be up in heaven. So all we have to do is pray for the church, the victims, and anybody else that needs to be where they should be. Mm-hmm. And I, I like what one the things that one is touching on in her book, too, you, you know. And I'm going to be reviewing that book. That book is up for review pretty soon, and you guys will get a chance to, to see what I have to say about it, along with um, the anthology, anthology that she has out, you know, Home Again. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, I wrote the forward to that book, and um, I think okay. that um, the kind of copy of uh, writers that she has, Compliments the hard work that she put in to publish. Right package, wrong baggage. Yes. Yes. What what a title! Isn't that isn't that a great title? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. You, you know, I, I when I write, I, my titles come first, and then I I construct my text around the title, and I love that title, Wanda. Mm, yes, see, I do the opposite. My story comes first. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, teach his own, but you know, that, I, I loved it, and and yeah. the story that you have is is conducive to what you were saying. Great. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so thank you so much, Alvin, for calling in. Thank you. We really appreciate not it. a problem, man. You thank guys you. take it easy. All right, you too. Wanda, uh, we may have to uh, you may have to get some more books because uh, we got a feeling this one is going to sell out pretty quick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great, we got another caller. We have a caller from the 206 area code, and I want to go to that caller real quickly. 206, you're on live. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, I can now. Yes, this is Linda Bede calling. Hey. How are you? We are blessed. How are you? I am fabulous. I just wanted to call in to support Wanda. I have had the opportunity to preview this book, and she has given just enough to whet your appetite. But I do want to say that once you read this book, it really is going to open your eyes to how we look at situations, and it will cause us to begin to understand that we often rush to judgment, but what we need to do is to not be so quick to judge and understand that it's not our place and that God is going to be the ultimate judge. So congratulations to you, Wanda. I'm very proud of you. you. Thank you. Perfect timing. Perfect timing on the phone call and Wanda, perfect timing on the releasing of this book. This This is what people need. They need to hear this. And this is a time that they really, really need to hear it. So, yeah, God just worked this thing right on out for you. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he, he really did. Um, Dr. B. Yes. Are you still there? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. I, ha- I have one question for you, and I know you're going to laugh. The Damascus Road Movement, have you started it yet? Actually, (laughs) 
it's ironic because we do have a collective of authors. Wanda, as a matter of fact, is a part of it, and we are the Damascus Road Authors. Mm-hmm. And so we have come together as Christian writers to not just promote our works, but to promote the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And you should be able to see this once you read Wanda's book, where this is heading. Yes, ma'am. Mm. Yes, ma'am. Sounds you know, like a, I had to like plug it. <laughs> hey, Brian, this sounds like a really, really powerful panel to talk about a lot of things, a lot of issues that are happening right now in the world, and people really need to hear from you, all of you. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, if you don't mind, I'd also like to mention another project that I have out. Um, yeah, right ahead. Okay, I also have my own publishing company, Micah 6 and 8 Books, and our first project, which is an anthology entitled Home Again, Stories of Restored Relationships, is will be released on November 1st. And it is a great book of really the power of God restoring broken relationships. And as Alvin said, he did write the foreword, and Linda Beat is in there, uh, Maurice Gray, and there are several new people in there, and it's a great book on relationships. And it also brings about how we shouldn't judge and how we treat other people and basically how we should just, that unconditional love you spoke of earlier, how we are supposed to have that, and this will be a great project, and I'm sure the authors would love to come back and have a discussion with you. Yeah, we need to put something like that together. And, Dr. B, what do you have coming up? We know you're busy. Yes. um, As Wanda mentioned, I am part of the anthology, and we're really excited about the release of this anthology. It's not just a collective of stories, but it is definitely a ministerial tool that we believe will help break the uh, yoke over a lot of situations in families between friends. I also have, in May, um, I have a book that's going to be released, and it's called Not Your Own, and it deals with what we will do or what we are willing to do for people who may not be our blood relatives. Are we willing to come out of our comfort zone in order to better the lives of others? Wow. You guys are really doing powerful, powerful work. Woof. That's going to be powerful, Brian. We're going to have to schedule a show with 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 the uh, with Doctor B and or what I yeah. like to call the Damascus Damascus Road Movement. <laughs> I, and and she knows I call her that every time I, we talk <laughs> because I, I like the idea of it being more than just uh, a group of Christian authors, but I believe that it's a movement that will move people to you know, to find out about the power of Jesus Christ. And so I call it the Damascus Road Movement. <laughs> but Now, uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was going to ask her, um, you said that that, that book is going to be out in May and it's going to be available everywhere, correct? Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, Dr. B, we thank you so much for calling in and chiming in. And, you know, we always love to hear from you. Thank you, and thank you for having Wanda on. Um, She is a great author. She is a great mentor. She is a great publisher, and I believe that 
people are just beginning to scratch the surface of the gifts that she has. And she yeah. is glad, she is a great gift to the industry and to the kingdom as, as a whole. Yeah. And I'm looking on Facebook right now, and I see she's been invited to be interviewed on another show. I don't know if you've already seen it yet or not, Wanda, but uh, yeah, you, you're getting some popularity here. Everybody <laughs> But right now, Wanda, this is an opportunity. People people want to know if you're available for speaking engagements and that type of thing, and we really want you to be out there busy working and fulfilling your dreams. We want you to give out your contact information if possible. Okay. Well, the best way to reach me is actually email, and my email address is wbcampbell at prodigy.net. That's P-R-O-D-I-G-Y. And, or at Micah6and8books at Prodigy.net. And I'm available for just about anything. Um, I love to chat with readers. I love to talk with aspiring writers. Um, I love to share. So please feel free to contact me. Yeah, but also thanks. on my website, I keep updated on my calendar, mm-hmm. on things that are happening, places that I'll be. And my website is WandaBCampbell.net. And where can we find the book? I know it's probably everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Every major bookstore, every online retailer, everywhere. Just get a book for all your friends. Tell the people you like. Tell the ones you don't like. Just get the book. Um, <laughs> and that's I, right. The right. That's yeah, right. We, we want every, everybody. As they say, everybody. Yeah, we want everybody to get the book. It, it's out there. Right, package, wrong. Yeah, in fact, awesome. I had a reader yesterday who bought the book when it released, and by last night she had finished. So, wow. Um, wow. It's, it's, I've been getting really good feedback, um, but, but I, I think it will really uh, get you to think. And then I, by writing, I want you to think. And by the last period, I want your life to be better than it was when you opened the book. But I really think it will get you thinking. Really quick, I had someone on here just on Facebook asking me they want an autographed copy. How can that happen? Uh, tell them to send me an email. I have to find out where they are, and we can work that out. Okay, good, good, good. Brian? Well, I was going to say thank you again for joining us tonight, and uh, we really appreciate your wonderful insight, your knowledge, and just your presence, because we understand that your presence presents presence to the body of Christ. So that's just wonderful, and we thank you again. Thank you for yes, having thank me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. With that being said, you Put your roller skates on. We thank you for joining us tonight. We ask that you come back with us again as next week we'll have another wonderful fighting show. Good evening.
you feel it, Jesus is for you. Hearted people, come on, let's go. Turning your back on me, I want you to know I 